a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255, where you can text us your questions at 57500. We did hold over Jason, who's on the line talking about a peach tree problem. Remember where you left off, Ton? I do. So okay. are you still there with us? I am. Okay, I am. Good. Thank you. So what I would recommend doing is you may need to apply some micronutrients in addition to just iron because it's pretty common for peaches to have a magnesium deficiency or a copper deficiency or maybe even manganese. And so you're probably going to want to put down some of those in the spring along with iron. Now, when you do this, if you soil apply it, I would get some humate, some liquid humate, because it does make nutrients a little bit more available for a few weeks, which is critical, and apply all this with humate according to instructions. Okay, so just to clarify, um, having a liquid humate along with the chelated iron and a micronutrient, is that what I'm yeah, understanding? Yeah, a complete micronutrient package. For nurseries okay. in your area, they may carry such things that are closer to you. I'm not sure if Jerry's is still in your general proximity. It is, yes. You could check with them. Uh, some folks at J&J in Layton, if you wanted to okay. talk to Doug Hume, who is one of their nursery managers, he's over the pond area, but he's a really good horticulturist, he may have some suggestions for you using a silicon penetrant with some different things that they've been having some success with, but it is something that you're kind of married to no matter what you do. And so you might have a chat with Doug and the micronutrients and iron and stuff and see if there's anything that can be done that way if you're in the latent area. Perfect. Hey, I appreciate the tips. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. One other thing before you go, get your soil tested by USU or BYU. Uh, Go to usual.usu.edu 
or just Google okay. USU soil lab and do the routine test. Make sure you okay. don't, you're not extremely salty for some reason or something. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for your call this morning. We wanted to start at the top of this hour talking about heat stress and things that you can do to protect your plants. Ton, uh, what can we do? Well, I wish there was some sort of miracle overarching, just this will work for everything. And there just isn't. Sadly not. Vegetables like to be grown at temperatures between 80 and 90 degrees. And some of the summer stuff will tolerate a little bit hotter. But once you start getting into the mid-90s, you start running into a lot of problems. So where you're thinking shade cloth or something. Yeah, and that is an option. We've got a fact sheet posted from South Dakota State University on this. And what they're basically saying is make sure the plants are well watered but not overwatered. Cover the plants with some sort of mulch to keep the soil cool to help there. And hope for the best, you know, and there's the shade cloths, which I think need to become more common for serious gardeners because it's really, for a lot of the things, a one-time investment. To buy the shade cloth, it'll last you for five to ten years if it's UV resistant. And just put up some inexpensive covers so that your plants are cooler and set fruit. I, I know Harvard Farms does a lot of shade cloth on their tomatoes and some other um, crops, and they will have tomatoes two to three weeks sooner than others, and then they don't have as much sun scald on those tomatoes also. Mm-hmm. So what about fertilizer? Does fertilizer help? Just make sure that the plants I mean, you can't are do that fertilized on the tomatoes. correctly. Okay. And so Download the fact sheets from USU on how to grow your vegetables. They're free. And just do an internet search of USU and corn in the garden or tomatoes in the garden. And it'll give you fertilizer schedules. And so as long as the plants are correctly fertilized, it will help in the sense that the plants have the nutrients they need. Because heat stress, along with nutrient deficiency, can really reduce production. But it's also not a miracle. Right. And there's nothing to put in the soil, like I've heard you talk about some items you can put in the soil that kind of help the water stay in the soil. No, I mean, you... You'd have to do a lot. At the end of the summer, just till in the compost you put down to add organic matter, and that can help a bit. But when we're above 95, it really becomes problematic. Luckily, the temperatures are coming down. They are, and if you don't have that shade structure up or the shade cloth you are going to experience a period of the summer where you're not going to be getting much fruit or many fruits or vegetables. All right. We need to take a break. Coming back with your calls and questions. Kim, you're up next. Kim and Elizabeth, number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us, 57500. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. Taking your calls, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. We did have another uh, peach question come in just before the top of the hour, Ton. This person says they have a 25-year-old peach tree. Had a lot of peaches in the spring. Thinned a lot. Maybe not enough, but they did take off a lot. Now, the peaches are now twice the size of your thumb, but they seem to have stopped growing over the past month. Any suggestions? July heat was probably some of it. They're not going to get them to to size up now. It's just too late. They do a lot of their uh, sizing up through June and July. And the only thing that could have offset that is to make sure that the tree was watered correctly. Even though the tree has green leaves, that doesn't mean it's getting enough water. Hmm. And a response to this is shriveled up, shrunken fruit, too small fruits, fruit dropping. And I mean, my reference are the orchards in South Utah County to where they're not experiencing this. You know, they had the same temperatures, but they're watering the trees once a week to a depth of 18 to 24 inches. And those trees, the fruit may be a little smaller, but it's still marketable and they have fruit. And so I think that that is what's going on. All right. Kim is on the line in Murray. Good morning, Kim. What was your question? I am having six, five by seven and a half foot metal garden boxes built right now. And I um, am concerned about gophers coming up through them. And I wondered if putting a 19 gauge hardware cloth down before I fill my boxes would be a good idea. And I am having a hard time finding um, wide enough cloth. I have to piece it together, but I did find some online that I think I'm going to order. So it's just one big piece because I think if I have pieces, those uh, gophers could probably work their way through that. And I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. You could definitely try it and see how it goes. And if you do need to seam it together, overlap at six inches and then put some landscape staples through it to kind of keep it in place. But it should. I mean, I don't. If I've not, I don't have enough experience with Govers to know if they can chew through 19 gauge hardware cloth, but I think it would slow them down, and you would want that fairly narrow because they're small animals that could wriggle their way through something like chicken wire. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your input on that. All right, Kim. Thanks for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton, says they recently built a house in Eagle Mountain. Uh, they've heard that many plants don't do well there due to the alkaline soil. They planted a blood-good Japanese maple last spring. It's doing well so far. Is there anything that they should be doing to give, the be- give it the best chance of long-term survival? Sulfur, humate, all that stuff. You know, there's not a lot you can do. Just a couple inches of organic, and I'm not saying like certified organic, but some sort of mulch over the top of it away from the trunk but still over the root zone Mm -hmm. can help because that will enrich the soil and keep it a little bit cooler but there's nothing really if if you've gotten it through the first year you're probably okay because they can be a little tough to establish and japanese maples are not the standard you should be using for eagle mountain on how good the soil is because they're so sensitive you know, if you had planted some crab apples and they were struggling, 
then that would be a little different because they're a lot more a durable tree. The only thing they can do is have their soil tested and see where the pH and the salinity is. And with Eagle Mountain, a lot of it using shallow irrigation or I believe Utah Lake water through the Jordan River or similar, that the salinity of the soil may slowly build. And there's nothing they can do about it if they use that water. But get your soil tested and see where you're at. All right. They're also asking if you have any recommendations to keep Kentucky bluegrass healthy in that area. It should do okay. Um, I would have preferred they used something like a turf-type tall fescue because it's much more tolerant of salty and clay soils. And they may eventually need to top dress or something. If they haven't put their grass down yet and they're doing seed, I would get the turf-type tall fescue. But if they've already laid the sod or planted, then the Kentucky bluegrass is somewhat salt-tolerant. It may be just fine. Okay. Elizabeth is on the line in Orem. Good morning, Elizabeth. What was your question? Good morning. I have some flowering pear trees that the leaves are turning yellow from the tips and then black. Oh, that's not a good thing, is it? Yeah. So is it all over the tree or just in places or? It, they're all over the tree. There's two of them that I just, I water them three times a day for about a half an hour oh. with the sprinklers. That's too much. That okay. you might drown them if you're watering three times a day for 15 minutes. I would probably water them two. I'm sorry, I, I meant three times a week. For 15 minutes. Uh, half an hour. Half an hour. Okay. That's a little, that's, yeah, that's more, a little more ideal. I'm sorry about that. No, yeah. no worries. Uh, the other thing, so I'm going to have you look up a disease called fire blight. Okay. And it sounds like if they're dying from the tips back, it may have fire blight in there and you need to prune it out six inches to a foot behind where you see the leaves dying. Okay. The ornamental pears don't get it as much, but they can. And so look up the fire blight. And if that doesn't seem to match, you can email some pictures because you live in Utah County uh, to Mm -hmm. an email address of gardenhelp, just one word, gardenhelp at usu.edu. Okay. All right. I also have uh, an, apple, an apple tree that has little white spots all over them, and they start to turn yellow at the top of the tree. Ah, that one's a little more difficult. Get some pictures of it and email it over to Garden Help. There could be, for white spots, you could have aphids in there or strikes from an insect causing those. There are some plant bugs that might be able to do that. But email some pictures of the tree itself farther back and then close-ups of the affected leaves. Okay, perfect. I will do that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Elizabeth, for your call. (laughs) Next listener, Ton, says they have beautiful pepper plants but zero peppers. They're in pots with miracle Grow potting soil. If the soil was pre-charged, it could have had a little too much in it. Or if they're fertilizing regularly, they could have too much fertilizer in there that would cause a lot of beautiful green growth and prohibit or inhibit fruit growth. 
mm-hmm. but it also could be the heat and they need to get those in some afternoon shade to see if that helps them start producing fruit. Now, this article we posted actually talked about if you're in a pinch using a garden umbrella to shade the plants or some other devices besides building and ordering shade cloth. And if they have some shade on their porch, it might be worth moving those to where they get three or four hours of afternoon shade to see if it helps. All right. Next listeners. Next listener says they have five aspen trees that they cut down in their front yard last fall. This year, of course, they have tons of sprouts coming up all over the front lawn. So what's the best way to kill the sprouts so they don't regrow? A lawn weed killer in the spring or fall um, may work. If the lawn is well watered and not super stressed, maybe something like quinclorac in the uh, image all-in-one lawn weed killer would be something else they might be able to look at doing. But, you know, the other thing they could try is clipping them and dabbing every one using a paintbrush with some concentrated Roundup or similar, but that would be about it. All right. Next listener wants a clarification. Uh, when you say deep water, where is that under or around the peach tree, across the diameter of the canopy? Under the canopy. Okay. Or, okay, I think you answered their question. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Ron, you are up next. And the number for you to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.